Welcome to the Progress Your Health podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, so this morning, we're going to just kind of dive right in. Of course, uh, as we always do, we have um, a lot of listener questions. Uh, so for the future, or for those that are listening, if you're new to the podcast, you can always send us an email, help at progressorhealth.com, help at progressorhealth.com. Uh, that is, uh, if you want to keep it somewhat private and discreet, we always change everybody's name. So there's no you know, there's no question about who is sending in the question. Uh, you know, we do get uh, some sometimes some sensitive, you know, female issues. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm sure people would not want that to be, you know, kind of public knowledge. So, like I said, we do try to protect everybody's privacy as much as possible. Uh, and we love the questions because we like, that means we know people are listening. Uh, and, uh, you know, it gives us uh, kind of an unlimited amount of topics that we can discuss on the podcast. So, uh, what, uh, Dr. Davidson, why don't you just kind of dive in and let's read, uh, let's go through Danielle's question. Sure, sure. So this question is from Danielle, but just on a quick little side note is, um, we love all the questions, so if you have any concerns, please write in to us. But at the same time, if it's maybe not exactly like a lot of the questions we're doing are pertaining to, you can probably hear our little pup in the background, huh? Every time. <laughs> he always gets a little more, I don't know, when we do the podcast, he gets a little more like rambunctious or something. Yeah, he'll be sleeping, and then we sit down to do this, and he turns into a maniac. <laughs> no, he's the best. He's the best. But, but if you have any topics that you're just interested in, like, hey, it's not a question necessarily pertaining to me, but I'm interested in this particular topic. So feel free to, if you want us to talk about topics or questions about yourselves or whatnot, because I, we do really feel like this information can help others. Like in particular, you know, Danielle's question. So I'm going to jump right into Danielle or quote unquote Danielle. So, um, Thank you for this article. I'm having side effects from taking 200 milligrams of oral progesterone. I take forever to wake up and feel really, really groggy. I read where you said to take it early. And when I take it early and out in an hour, I can barely keep my eyes open and feel drunk or drugged. So I usually take it in half an hour before bed. I sleep like a rock, but have a hard time coming to the next day. I'm a lightweight when it comes to any medication and always thought that might be due to being clean and sober for 32 years, but I might be wrong. I'm probably just sensitive. So should I try 100 milligrams of oral progesterone or change to a compound? Because currently I am taking Prometrium. I really love the solid sleep, but it takes hours to wear off in the morning, and it seems like I'm just so tired. But I do take thyroid medication, and I do have low morning cortisol and take some um, adrenal glandulars as well. So thank you so much in advance. Uh, yeah, this uh, this certainly comes up uh, quite often. To be honest, uh, we run into these either questions or patient issues. Uh, now she makes the you know as you're reading it, uh, you know she makes the distinction at the end of the question: uh, compounded versus prometrium. Uh, we don't use a lot of prometrium. We have some patients that 
either request it or do okay with it or want it. We don't usually right out of the gate prescribe it, um, you know, at least from our standpoint. Um, but we do have some that seem to do just fine on it. Uh, and I know you said before, there's like two doses of either 100 milligrams or 200 milligrams. What's the difference between Prometrium and compounded progesterone? You know, they both are progesterone and in compounded, that's has a lot of different fillers. Prometrium um, can, actually has a, a lot of kind of weird fillers and excipients that people can be sensitive to. Um, people that some prometriums have peanut oil in there. So if somebody's allergic to peanuts, they could have an issue with that. So um, I would say, you know, I, I do actually have a few patients on prometrium. They do really well. And then I have a few that I put them on prometrium and they don't do really well. And I think partly is because with prometrium, there's very little room for changing doses. There's only a couple of doses available. So you know, 200 milligrams of oral progesterone is a lot of progesterone. So like she's saying, should I drop to a hundred, you know, cause Prometrian also comes as a hundred when you do compound, it's a little cleaner. So it's more, you know, hypoallergen, hypoallergenic. And at the same time, you can do any dose you want to, you can do 10 milligrams, you can do 50 milligrams, you can do 75 milligrams, you can do 85 milligrams, you can do 125 milligrams, you can do 150, you can do 400. There's so many different doses you can do when you're doing it with compound. And like Danielle said, is that she's sensitive. And I do think a lot of us are sensitive because in some regards, when you're doing hormone therapy, it's not one size fits all. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the other distinction too, is that uh, Prometrium is instant release where, uh, you know, what we typically use uh, compounded is sustained release. Uh, and that, you know, tends to, you know, kind of dial it back a little bit. It's not quite as strong. Now, the good news is, like I said, she's sleeping like a rock. That's in some of the, some, uh, in some ways, the reason for taking oral progesterone, right? Because it certainly does help with the sleep. Um, but you know, clearly if she's having a hard, that much hard of a time waking up, she could easily try the hundred milligrams per atrium. She might do just fine on that. Uh, but, uh, you know, our preference or our bias in some respects would be to just go to a uh, hundred milligrams of bioidentical progesterone and, and start from there and see if you still get the same, the same sleep benefit, sleeping like a rock, but not so much grogginess the next morning. That would be, you know, at least from our standpoint, or at least from my standpoint, the, the obvious thing to try. And Danielle's right. Taking progesterone does make you tired. It does make you sleepy. So that's why it's great to take at night. It helps with sleep. You know, progesterone itself, you know, helps um, balance out if she's taking any kind of estrogen. So, you know, there's a few markers here that we don't know. We don't know is Danielle doing bioidentical hormone replacement because she's menopausal in her 50s and taking some type of estrogen. Then, of course, yes, she needs some level of dosing on progesterone for to balance out that estrogen. But maybe she's more perimenopausal and she doesn't need any estrogen, but she needs that progesterone because in perimenopause, you know, that progesterone just basically floors itself. So it could be that, you know, just I always feel like less is best. You know, start off at 50 milligrams. How's she doing? How's she sleeping? Go up to 75 or double it up to 100. She might be, per I have some people that are perfect at 125, not good at 100 and not good at 150. So it really is a little bit individualized. But to further maybe complicate this is I love to do blood work on progesterone. When you're taking an oral progesterone at night, there shouldn't be too much progesterone when you do your blood draw the next morning. So if she's doing taking 200 milligrams of this Prometrium at night, and then she does a blood draw, say at eight in the morning, and her levels are pretty high, like up, like I've even seen people in their 20s, that might be that that progesterone is too high, that it's really staying 
too high in the morning, which would make her tired. So usually when I'm doing progesterone, um, and doing blood work with progesterone, they take it the night before. Maybe they go in sometime in the morning between seven and 10 o'clock in the morning. It really should be around, you know, maybe 10 or maybe, you know, somewhere around there, maybe a little less than 10. Cause over that, I do find that people have a little bit tough time waking up in the morning. Yeah, sure. You usually with, at least with uh, bioidentical progesterone, sustained release, uh, you know, I typically see it, you know, maybe between two to 12, you know, two to eight, something like that. Now, a menopausal woman taking progesterone, a menopausal woman not taking progesterone on lab work, her progesterone is always going to be less than one. It's going to be 0.5, 0.6, 0.7. Uh, in some ways, this is, and I know we've talked about this on some of the other uh, biased or estrogen episodes, uh, when she's taking progesterone, that's in some ways kind of how we, we know she's taking it. Because one of our rules, uh, you know, again, if you're new to the podcast, is you never give a woman unopposed estrogen. Uh, now, granted, if she has a uterus, that's an absolute um, rule. If, uh, you know, even some kind, sometimes gynecologists, if a woman doesn't have her uterus, they're not so concerned about the progesterone. Um, but that's still a rule that we don't typically break. We always give women both of them. Um, just because of this, uh, the progesterone does help on the sleep side. It helps reduce anxiety. It helps level up the mood. You know, so it does, oral progesterone still does provide some of those benefits um, than just taking estrogen by itself. Uh, so uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the combination of those two, you know, certainly has to be taken into consideration, um, you know, but, you know, um, I'll throw it back to you. I kind of lost my train of thought there. So I'm, I'm trying not to stumble. We're uh, all human, right? Yeah, I'm We're trying all not, human. I, 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 and, you know, we usually do these without really editing or doing much of them. And I, and Never I, just, edit. And I just ran into a wall there. So I'm going to stop and I want to let you kind of take over. Well, there is something to be said because um, I don't want to confuse everybody, but Dr. Mackey had mentioned, you know, sustained release versus instant release and Prometrium is instant release. So what I usually find with Prometrium is people take it and it wears off too fast and they're waking up at 2.30 in the morning and they can't go back to sleep, which is why I do really love the sustained release. And just for full transparency, I take a sustained release progesterone at night and Dr. Mackey is very, very grateful for that. Because I think you need to increase your dose. <laughs> I say that all the time. I'm, I'm just teasing. No, you no. don't need to change it. You're fine. You're perfect. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> but the, but I would say with Danielle, she's taken this instant release and it's still lingering in, you know, in her system the next morning that she's right. It's probably just a little bit too high. I would imagine she's probably not on a bias because she doesn't mention that. She mentions the low cortisol and that she's taking thyroid and adrenal gland. So if she were on bias or some kind of estrogen therapy, she would have told us on, on this, um, you know, on this question. So I would say just reducing that down, maybe even keeping it to an instant release. Cause I have a, you know, in fact, just yesterday, a patient that I have on a sustained release progesterone, it is lingering too long when she wants to wake up early at five in the morning that we're going to switch it to a compounded instant release, you know, not Prometrium, but I have a different dose that I want to do. Cause like I mentioned with compounds, you can do any, any milligram you could possibly even imagine, you know, tailored to fit that particular individual. But I would say for Danielle is just backing it down a little bit. And one thing that I, that I actually want to turn this back to Dr. Mackey is Danielle mentions that she has low morning cortisol. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, it was a little awkward there a second ago. I, don't, I, I had a little, a little, uh, you know, a lapse there We're in my, human. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's interesting when we used to start doing these, I would get, you know, that would be kind of like a moment to stop and then do it all over. Uh, but you know what, uh, you know, 
Well, uh, who cares? Uh, it's uh, it's easier. It kind of it's more conversational. Uh, so again, I apologize for losing my train of thought, but low morning cortisol. Uh, you know, so I would assume maybe before the progesterone. Now we're just speculating completely here about Danielle's case. Uh, was the morning tiredness was that present before the progesterone, uh, and or is it just present after starting the progesterone? Now, uh, low morning cortisol. That's what get us gets us out of bed, bright eyed and bushy tailed. It needs to be high in the morning. Uh, that's what helps control our circadian rhythm. That's really important and very common in this day and age to have low morning cortisol. And then in some ways, now you're not sleeping well at night. No, she says she's sleeping like a rock. So maybe up till the progesterone, she wasn't sleeping very well. So now her body is just in a little bit of a transition process because uh, we work with a lot of meta, uh, perimenopausal, menopausal women that uh, you know that sl- you know the sleep that that they've have accrued over months and potentially years. Uh, it takes a while to work through some of that. Okay, now she does say she's sensitive, and uh, you know, so starting at two hundred milligrams, obviously, uh, and oh, that was my point of the thing I was going to say earlier <laughs> is usually what we would do in a, in a case like this is start them at a lower dose. Uh, let's say 100 milligrams, that's an appropriate dose for a woman in perimenopause or menopause. And we just give them the autonomy to say, you know what, after a couple of weeks, if if your sleep isn't improved, if you're not noticing any benefit, then just take two capsules. Right, so now you get a uh, you get a chance to see. They get some autonomy. They get some control over what they're doing, and they get a chance to see how they feel. And believe me, obviously, I'm not a woman, so there's some things that I don't understand about how women experience certain things. But a woman, and you could probably explain this a little bit better. A woman knows um, when they're taking too much progesterone. They just know. Right. You know, they'll ask, what are the side effects? We're like, well, you know, you could have this, this or this, but usually you'll just know if it's too much. Uh, and then that's your body's cue to say, OK, it's time time to reduce the dose. Um, so maybe 200 in this case, clearly 200 is too much. So, you know, they can go back to 100 or try something different. Exactly. And I'm thinking that because she has she, she sounds very savvy because she knows about low morning cortisol. You know, not everybody knows about that cortisol, you know, I, I um, from, coming from the adrenal glands, being a diurnal curve, a lot not a lot of people know that. And it sounds like she's taking some adrenal glandulars, which is which is great. So I would say really that progesterone or that prometrium at two hundred milligrams is probably just too high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're you know we're trying to extrapolate and kind of stretch this question out, you know, so we can kind of touch a few different bases, but it's, you know, pretty obvious 200 milligrams. She can't wake up, uh, you know, lower the dose, you know, just start with, just go to hundred milligrams per metrum and see what happens. If that's still too high. Now you still have another option. And with the compounded progesterone, you have, like you said, from a dosing perspective, you have unlimited options. Uh, now, the point that you made earlier, if she's on estrogen, you want to be at roughly, you know, hundred milligrams minimum of the, of the compounded progesterone again, to per, to inhibit the growth of that uterine lining. That's kind of where we stand. We might go down to 75 for someone who's sensitive, um, but we won't go any lower than that for the most part. Wouldn't you say if 75 is kind of like the cutoff? Yeah, I have a few people, but really um, if they have a uterus and they're on some kind of estrogen therapy, you don't really go under 100. And really 100 is kind of like the usual dose. I have yeah, a, right. very Honestly, I have very few people on 200 milligrams of progesterone. I have quite a few on 150. They do really good on 150. 125 seems to be kind of also that perfect number where that progesterone's not too low, but it's not too high. And then of course you got to think about, you know, like Danielle saying she's sensitive and also, you know, is she... 105 pounds or 155 pounds, you know, there's also, you know, a little bit of mass versus dosage. 
Yeah, sure. And, uh, and certainly liver function takes a, you know, takes a, you have to take that into consideration. Some people just don't detoxify things as quickly. Uh, and especially if there's wine and alcohol or excuse me, alcohol and uh, coffee on a regular basis, that can put a little bit more burden on the liver uh, and kind of slow down some of that detoxification as well too. So uh, yeah, uh, and this one, this one relatively is pretty straightforward. Just try a lower dose, see what happens. Um, but you know, um, certainly there's, there's, in some ways, a lot of different possibilities to maintain that sleep, which then will help those adrenals kind of rebound in the morning. Uh, now, granted, when usually people have that, you know, a hard time waking up. Sometimes they're never great at waking up, but at least they can uh, wipe the cobwebs out a little bit quicker and it doesn't take them so long to feel somewhat normal, right? You might wake up a little groggy, but once you're up, you're up and then you're fine. Uh, you know, so, you know, hopefully that's, uh, you know, what she'll experience once she uh, tries a new dose. And then, like I had mentioned, you know, maybe doing a little bit of blood work would be a great idea, too, just to check the estrogen and progesterone levels in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like I said, you, uh, that was what I was getting at earlier, too. When you, when you give a woman estrogen and progesterone and you, you, you can kind of tell, uh, because that menopausal woman, she's not going to make any progesterone, right? So her number is going to be really low. Uh, the perimenopausal woman would make progesterone based on the time of the month that it is, right? If it's, you know, after ovulation, she might make some. If it's before ovulation, she's not going to make any. So that number is going to be less than, you know, less than one as well. So uh, the timing of when they go in certainly does make a difference based on, you know, the, the, the period of life that they're in. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Davison, do you have anything else to add about uh, Danielle's question? Are we, nope. are we good for now? Nope, this is great. Okay, until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.